This is Joseph Carlson, and this is episode five of Gaming with Grief. So um, I lied to you. Uh, last episode, I said I was going to talk about my the episode before last, which would have been episode three. I said I was going to talk about uh, my mother next week, which would have been episode four. But I actually ended up talking to a friend of mine who um, uh, his father passed away as well. So we talked for about, I want to say about 40 minutes. That's up uh, last week, so that would have debuted the day after Father's Day, so, yeah, and, uh, so this week I will talk about my mother, and I just want to start at the episode by saying if you have found this and you're a new listener, there's four other episodes on SoundCloud, I'm still trying to work out how to get them to iTunes, maybe I'm a little bit slow, but it's, uh, at least it's on SoundCloud and it's on the, my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com, and also, I worked it out where I got an email address. Um, I'm not using Google. I'm going to use, I just use Outlook because it was free to set up a um, web address. So it's, the if you want to write to me, um, the address is gwgjac at outlook.com. Again, that's gwgjac at outlook.com. And uh, you can comment on the videos when I post them to my website, www.gamingwithgrief.com. I'll look at those. If I get any kind of feedback or anything, I'll try to answer questions that way. Or I'll, if you write me an email, then I'll read your email if you want. If you just write to me and say, do not read this over the air or whatever, I won't do that. So, um, yeah, I'll start out the episode. I'm trying to get in a habit of doing this since this is episode five. I am um, not a licensed counselor. I am going to therapy. My wife and I are going to therapy. Uh, so I am not licensed in any way to, uh, you know, basically help you. But I do want to share my experience with you, which might help and might share some insight. Uh, if you don't know, I had both my parents pass away and my wife has had um, two miscarriages. Well, one miscarriage and two um, births, but our children passed away. Uh, the third one is kind of in a gray area because it was very early on, but the child moved, so uh, she had a miscarriage at like, I want to say 17 weeks, so uh, yeah, um, they consider that a live birth. We're in the state of Washington, so uh, we had to, we had the option to fill out a birth certificate and death certificate, and we chose not to do that. Anyway. Um, I'll get in more into that in the next couple weeks. This week, I'm going to talk about my mom. And I'll be really honest, it was hard to talk about my mother because I didn't have a relationship with my mother that I had with my father. And uh, she didn't like that I gamed. She thought it was, I don't know, holding me back maybe or something, you know. She thought it was uh, wrong, bad. Um, She thought it was affecting my grades, which it might have a little bit, but... Um, I don't know, it wasn't, um, I don't think it was as bad as she thought it was, so, I don't know, it was, you know, when I got to a certain age, she didn't really talk to me, the only time she really talked to me is when she thought she needed something, so, kind of like after I turned 18, um, but I, I will say, I think a big change happened when, when I was 13 or 14, I decided to live with my dad, so I was living with her, um, you know, since I was born. I uh, heard my father divorced when I was young. She got custody. My father saw me on the weekends. And um, when I was 13 or 14, I just decided to live with my dad. I was just, 
tired. There was some kind of like anxiety and stress type stuff going on, you know. She had a few boyfriends. It was getting very crazy because she was trying to break up with them and wanted me to like hide keys from them and do certain things. And I just got really stressed out. And it happened a couple times and I just kind of got sick of it. Plus she always, you know, she always pushed me to do certain things. Like she really wanted me to be a teacher and uh, I don't want to be a teacher. Um, even though I have an English degree, which is weird. But, uh, you know, once, once I told her I didn't want to be a teacher, I don't think she cared, if that makes sense. I don't know. It, I guess she thought it was kind of going against her. So, you know, it's kind of bad, right? And she would only really call when she wanted me to fix something around the house because I'm not uh, Bob Vila, but I, I can fix certain things. And, uh, you know, she wouldn't really call to hang out. She'd call when the fence broke or the faucet was leaking or there was, uh, you know, it's, it, it was plumbing involved mostly. But, you know, she wanted me to build her a desk uh, things like that, but it wasn't like, hey, do you want to come over and watch a movie? It was always, you know, do you want to, uh, you know, I, I need, you know, the sink's leaking, I need you to come over and fix it. And that was really frustrating, you know, I was really tired of that. I was really sick of it. And uh, I don't know. And uh, I, I remember when my father passed away, uh, she didn't come to the memorial. And even though him and even though they were divorced and she and my father didn't get along, it was, you know, you need someone there, right? And her her mother, my grandmother, uh, died from cancer as well. So when she wasn't there, uh, my father's family and my family, people that were at the memorial asked me, they said, well, you know, why isn't your mother here? And where, where's your mom? And I said, I don't, I don't know. She said she wasn't feeling well. And, uh, you know, she texted me in the morning and said, I'm just not going to be able to make it. So I remember after that, I, I didn't talk to her for a while, for like a month. And uh, she would send me really passive-aggressive texts. You know, like, did I give birth to somebody 30-some-odd years ago, or was I just imagining things? Things like that, like really terribly strange texts. And I didn't want to, and I just didn't want to deal with that. I didn't want to talk to her like that. So it basically took me about a month, month and a half, and then I finally went over there and and talked to her, you know. She... She didn't understand, uh, you know, like my father, like I talked about in other episodes, uh, and with my friend Avin, if I saw something in a game or something I really enjoyed, uh, I would talk my dad's ear off about it, and he would seem interested, even if he wasn't, he would at least pretend, and uh, that made me feel really good when I was telling him about Bioshock or some weird game that I played that was strange. I was playing a Japanese game, and he came over and wanted to know what it was about. I was playing Xenob- Xenoblade Chronicles X on the Wii U, and he wanted to know everything about that game, which again, it's really strange when you consider that um, he doesn't care, or at least he didn't care that much. So it was just, you know, a stark contrast to my mother, who never asked what I was doing. You know, my father asked if I was writing, what I was writing. My father pitched me story ideas. My mother, none of that, never. Never asked me if I was doing anything creative or... You know, anything interesting, she just asked how my day was, when she asked, uh, or, or, you know, when she wouldn't talk about herself. And that, that's hard, because, you know, when you're an only child, and I had to make the decision, uh, because she was on life support for, like, a day and a half. And I remember when I was younger, she said, you know, I don't want to be hooked up to a machine. But when you're an only child, and you have to be in the hospital room and make that decision, it's really hard to do that. Um, 
And even though that's what she wished, she told me she didn't want that. And I, you know, after it happened, uh, the nurses had told me that it was the right decision that a lot of people attempt to, you know, keep keep everything going. They try to keep their loved ones full of drugs and all that kind of stuff. And they said it it doesn't it doesn't matter. It never works out the way you want it to work out. It never. Uh, the best thing is to unplug them. So, um, it, but it's rough when you're alone. And then, you know, my mother had a friend in the hospital that day that I wasn't really close with, but my mom was really good friends with her. And, you know, as my mom's obviously on life support, this woman told me, she's like, well, you know, your mom thought that you didn't love her anymore. And uh, that's terrible, you know, when you think that. So that's another thing that's really difficult to deal with, you know, when your mom is going through that, when you're going through it, and, uh, you know, I, I guess the good, the good thing is that that woman left, you know, she couldn't, said she couldn't take it, uh, said she had to go get something like food or something and then took off and I didn't see her. And then I texted her and said, are you coming back? And she said, well, I, I just can't go through it again. So she didn't show back up. But, um, you know, I'm going to be honest. I try to do these podcasts ahead of time, but, uh, I was just thinking about my mom a lot. I, I, I do love her. Um, and, but it was, it was hard to do this episode because I just don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what I was going to say or how it was going to go. Um, I thought about it last night. I didn't sleep well. And, uh, it was just hard to, I mean, it still is hard. You know, I, I have a lot of, conflicted emotions about my mom. I love her very much, you know. She taught me how to tie my shoes. She taught me how to ride a bike. Um, she was at all my Boy Scouts things when I was younger. Uh, she was at my plays, the few plays I was in in school, you know, those mandatory plays that you have to do in kindergarten. She was there, and I remember her smiling at me, and I have photos of her on the wall when we got photos when I was really young, like five or six, and, uh, you know, it she loves stuff like that. And when I got older, I was like 19 and I went and paid for photos for, um, like new photos because the last photo she had, I was like 13 and she said, I really want some new photos. So I think I turned like 18 or 19 and did new photos for her. That was like a Christmas gift and she loved it, you know? And every time she introduced me to people from her work or, um, you know, just her friends, They'd say, I've heard so much about you, you know, and, uh, which is weird. Cause again, I don't, she never, you know, she never attempted to be interested, it seemed like. And, 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 and so I think in a way I kind of did the same to her. So I kind of, I kind of didn't, uh, I didn't engage with her because she didn't engage with me. And there's one time when, um, uh, her mother, my grandmother, was alive and uh, called. So my grandmother called my mom's mom and said, uh, you know, what's going on with you and your mother? Why aren't you, you know, you're not calling her. She says that you don't seem interested, uh, things like that. Um, and she just wants to know, like, what's happening and why you're doing this. And I told my grandmother, I said, listen, she... She only calls me when she needs something fixed. She doesn't call to just get dinner or lunch. And my mom was working part-time, so paying for things was very difficult. Um, but I always told my mom, 
listen, if you need help paying for lunch, if you want to go to lunch, I'll pay for lunch. You know, let's just go to lunch. Uh, we did go to movies and things, but that was like, you know, it was like a Mother's Day. Like, And I would take her to movies she'd want to see or her birthday. She really liked Harry Potter, so we would go see Harry Potter on her birthday, which was fine. But it always felt like, um, you know, like an obligation. Even on my end, to a certain extent, I still loved her. And then on her her end, it seemed kind of like an obligation. And, uh, you know, after she passed away, some relatives kind of told me the same thing, that um, they said yeah, it was really hard to get a word in edgewise. Your mom was very talking, you know, kind of self-absorbed in a way, like talking about herself and her day and didn't really talk to us or how our day went and things like that. And it was, uh, you know, it's really hard. It's hard when, you know, it seems like, you know, um, and but we were getting better. I know, I know that. I don't want this to all sound negative. Like I hated my mother, but we really were working on it. Like later on, before she got sick, she. Um, by the way, she passed away on uh, July eleventh, uh, twenty seventeen. So she, um, you know, she had a liver condition, and she went in, uh, like, the new year on uh, like January, like December thirtieth on twenty sixteen to um to get her liver condition well she talked about it uh at her birthday on november 21st um of 2016 she said you know like she was talking about her surgery and stuff and then you know that it's going to be rough at the end of the year and that her year's been pretty rough because she was a little sick she wasn't feeling right and the doctors discovered it was a she had a fatty liver even though she didn't drink so their 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 idea was a TIPS procedure, which where they basically reroute the liver, the wiring in the liver, the blood flow. And I remember talking to her at the, you know, it's her birthday dinner, wishing her a happy birthday, you know. And uh, we were talking, and I said, well, you know, this year's really been a rough year. And she non-ironically looked at me and said, well, why is it, why has your year been so rough? And I said, you know, my dad died, you know, in uh, May. And... Uh, so she, uh, she's like, oh, and, uh, you know, stuff like that hurt a lot, you know, and I understand her and my father didn't get along, but, you know, she only visited my father, uh, in the, um, in the rehabilitation home he was in before he passed away. She only visited him when he passed away. So the, the, you know, when I got the call that he had passed, obviously I called my, my mother and I called my friends and said my father's passed and my friend's met me down there. My wife was there. Some friends of mine met, came down. Uh, ben, I told you about. Um, and my mom was there, and she had never seen my father uh, as he was sick, which, again, I understand the divorce. They didn't have a good divorce. But, you know, just the support of needing someone there. Um, she didn't. She just kept asking how he was doing. She never went and saw him. And then, uh, you know, he... Uh, and, he, and like I said, his memorial, she didn't show up to that. And it was kind of heartbreaking, you know. It, it kind of weighed on me as the months went, the weeks went on after, you know, after his, his, uh, you know, his uh, memorial. And when I finally leveled with her, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but when I finally leveled with her and said, you know, I went over there after a month of not talking to her and I went over there to talk to her at her place. And she said, uh... I thought you were mad at me, you know, and I said, I, I am. And then, you know, I kind of raised my voice. I said, you of all people should know what it's like to lose somebody of cancer and you didn't, 
you know, you didn't even call, you didn't even see how he was doing. You didn't even ask how the memorial was, you know? It was just, I don't even remember her calling that day, you know? the Strangely enough, the memorial, there's a church, it's in my street, and I didn't know this, but my father, uh, I mean, I knew he went to church, but I didn't know that's where it was. And so they had the memorial, you know, what, eight blocks from me, basically. So, you know, my mom basically just had to go to my house, which is 15 minutes away from where she lives, to go to the memorial, She and she just had to pick up the phone and call afterwards and ask how I was doing, and she didn't do any of that, you know. And I know this is supposed to be about gaming, but that was the same way she felt about everything. If I wasn't doing something, you know, that interested her, then it wasn't worth doing. And, uh, you know, um, again, I don't want this to all be negative. Towards the end... We tried to patch it up, and she was coming over for lunches a little bit. We were kind of doing it every other week, so one week she would come over here. We would have lunch and watch a movie. The next week, we'd go over to her house, and we would watch a movie or um, eat lunch or both, and we would just talk, but it was always, you know, small talk and just kind of catching up, and even after, you know, a few times went over there after my dad died, you know, I don't know. We worked together a little bit too. We worked at the same company and there was maybe once or twice while we were waiting for a bus because we, uh, we lived, I don't know. Anyway, we, we rode a bus in and she, I think the amount of con- condolences she gave was, yeah, it's, it's tough. You know, that was kind of the end of what she said or did so it's it's hard you know and if I tried to talk to her about something creative I did or a game I was playing or something that I read was interesting she didn't she's like oh yeah you know if I saw something interesting on a tv like a documentary or an interesting movie or I just read an article that was really strange like I could talk to my dad about it you know and and if he didn't read it he'd still engage with you and want to know you know, what it was about, or, you know, anything. Again, I was playing a Japanese role-playing game, and my father came over being sick and said, what are you playing? What is this game about? What's going on? And, uh, you know, just do that. Even if he was pretending to like it, he he did a good job. I believed him. So, you know, like I said, this episode is really hard to do. I love my mom very much. I still love her. Um, She got me through school, you know, because I was mostly with her. I wasn't with my dad. And my father was really passive, aggressive when it came to grades. He wanted me to do well, but he didn't explicitly tell me that I screwed up or did poorly. He would just say, wow, you got a B minus. Probably get that to an A plus. My mom would use, uh, you know, she'd just blatantly say, you're not going to be able, you're not going to do this. If you get a B in this class, you have a C. How did you get a D in this class? Like, you do so much better. You know, she had to look at my homework and make sure that I was doing everything properly and um, you know, she was really hands-on, so I guess in a way, like, she helped me get through school and everything, even when I didn't want to do the stuff, you know, it's just really hard, uh, you know, with the person, I don't know, there was no other extracurricular activities that she would be interested in, you know, she wouldn't ask me, like, did you read anything good? I would just tell her about homework, like, I had to read this, it was an assignment, you know, so that's rough. It's terrible when, you know, the people you want to be interested in you and do that kind of stuff are not. And uh, it weighs on you a little bit, you know. And um, 
after she passed, I asked my friends, you know, I, I told them, I said, I probably could have been a better son, you know. And I had a really close friend who's known me for a very long time, and he said, listen, man, you, there's nothing you could have done. You know, it is the way it is. And, you know, you helped her so many ways, not just fixing stuff, but you gave her money. You know, I paid a lot of her bills when she was in the hospital, when she wasn't doing well. Um, we tried to work out social services, all that kind of stuff. And um, it's hard. It's hard to do that. It's really difficult. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that it's, I don't know, it's uh, it's troubling. And it's one of the things, even though our relationship got better, we were trying to work things out. You know, I was there taking care of her when she couldn't walk that well. Um, trying to rehab her, get her up and down, uh, you know, the house and through the house. And um, that's when we realized she was really sick. She had septus, basically, and we didn't know it. And she hadn't been out of bed for a few days, but she had a walker that was almost like a wheelchair, if that makes sense. And we were trying, I was trying to get her to walk all weekend, but she couldn't get out of bed. And at first she thought she threw something out in her back, but uh, she didn't. Basically it was, um, she was getting septic. She did something and hurt herself. I don't know if it was her liver. She was taking medication for her liver. Um, and another thing, uh, the, the, when she recovered from the TIPS procedure, she was taking um, a liquid starting with an, uh, an L. I can't remember the name of it now. But basically, it reduces the amount of ammonia in your body. So, And if you don't know this, ammonia makes you um, tired and um, disoriented. So it's almost like dementia. So ironically, you have to remember to take these doses. And if you don't remember to take them, then it stacks. You have to take so much a day to get the ammonia out of your system. There was times when she forgot to take her medication. I would go check on her. And she's like, why are you here at 7 in the morning? Shouldn't you be at work? And I'm like, Mom, it's 7 at night. And, you know, when was the last time? I think it was Ladlam. Anyway, she's, I was like, when was the last time you took your medication? And she said, oh, I don't remember, you know, so we'd have to get medication. And then you'd have to wait probably a half hour, you know, because uh, she was drinking water and that. And um, anyway, it was hard. You know, we tried to talk to social services to see if um, my wife and I tried to make sure that she was taken care of and um, something like maybe a rehab center or something to get her on her feet. Because the doctor did tell us after the TIPS procedure, he said, listen, it's the recovery is a good few months of her body getting used to the way that her liver is processing things since we've rewired her liver. And, um, you know, she's got to take the, I think I want to say Latham, but I'm probably wrong. It was basically a medication to make sure that, you know, she didn't build up the ammonia in her system. And then, you know, sooner or later her body would regulate itself and figure out how to take care of everything. And um, I don't know when it happened. I think it was around the 4th of July. She was out. Um, she couldn't work anymore because she was confused. Um, so she was out in the yard doing yard work, which I found out later. And, uh, she, uh, hurt herself. She said, I think I hurt my back. And I said, well, what have you been doing? And she said, well, yard work. And I said, well, mom, you shouldn't be doing yard work because, you know, you should be on bed rest. And she said, well, I'm getting restless. You know, I need to do something. So she goes, but I think I pulled something because I haven't done any yard work for a while. And I said, well... I said, just take it easy, and that was like a Thursday, and I said, if you feel bad, it was like midweek, and I said, if you feel bad, in two days, we'll just go to the doctor, so we did that, and that was, 
that probably was a Thursday or a Friday we went to the doctor and they did some tests and they said, well, we told her, you know, them what we thought happened. And they said, well, um, we haven't found any kind of, uh, signs of a break or a strain in her back. I think her muscles are okay. We don't know. I mean, if that's what it is, that's all we know. Well, then my fa- my mother, uh, we got her home and she couldn't barely walk. And I got her in bed, and she was very tired. And I said, well, um, I'll c- I was coming back like every... I only live like 15 minutes away from her, so I was coming back every few hours to check on her. She was sleeping a lot, and uh, we got her in bed. She was really sore, uh, and we got her in bed, and it was probably... That was like Friday and Saturday. It was like all weekend, basically. And then I remember Sunday, um, she... We went over to check on her, and she had fell out of she had fallen out of bed, and we asked how long she had been laying there, and she didn't know. She was confused. She didn't. She couldn't obviously couldn't take her medication because she was either sleeping or in bed, and so that's when we called the ambulance and said, you you know, and the the firefighters in that area uh, got her up, got her to the hospital. This was like Sunday night, and I just remember talking to the doctor and it's late because obviously we're in the ER and they had a terrible night. Uh, Somebody came in and was having a heart attack. And that's one thing, uh, you know, in the movies when they show doctors give somebody CPR for, you know, a few minutes and they call it. Um, I understand some of that is time. But when we were there, several people went back in that room and and we saw through the curtain people, you know, on his chest almost, giving him compressions. And um, they must have been there for 30 minutes, 40 minutes, trying to get a heartbeat back, and he, uh, the guy didn't make it. So it was basically all hands on deck. Uh, I watched the family go back, and the doctors had to tell the family that so-and-so had passed away, you know. Um, we saw them crying, and they were trying to close the curtain and not tell anybody. And so then my mother needed help. She was fidgeting. She wasn't speaking that much. Um because she was sick, and finally, very late, a doctor came in and said, you know, has your mother, you know, been drinking fluids? And I said, well, I watched her drink fluids when I was with her, you know, like, I think Saturday and Sunday, I was with her all day, she was drinking fluids, uh, and he said, is she urinated? And I said, I don't think so, you know, um, I was with her all day, and I don't remember her urinating, if it was, it was really light, and he said, well, I'm going to run some tests, um, and she's going to be here all night, we'll watch her, come back tomorrow evening or whatever and so I was at work Monday morning and at like 10 o'clock I called to see how she was doing gave my name and everything and the doctor said listen we just put your mother in ICU so I immediately left work in Seattle and went back down to Tacoma uh, because I I work in the Seattle Tacoma area went to Tacoma and uh, and um, she was in ICU and the first thing I did when I walked in she was hooked up to machines and the nurse looked at me and said are you the only child and I said, yes, I am. And she said, you're going to have to sign a lot of paperwork. So I had to sign in, do not resuscitate and things. Because years ago, when my mother was, my grandmother was sick, uh, my mother said that, like, I don't want to be on machines, you know. And so uh, I had to sign a DNR. I had to sign all that other stuff. And uh, I, wait, I was there, you know. There was a, it was a Franciscan Medical Center. So there was... Um, chapel there there was a chaplain I talked to the doctor he said he was trying to work something out but it looked bad it looked like septis that had been there for a while that you know it affected like her basically her her organs were shutting down 
and he said, you know, we have a trauma doctor that's coming in a few hours. We're going to see what we can do. I'm going to consult with him, but I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what to say yet, you know, but it does, like, I'll be honest, it's going to be, it, it doesn't look good and it'll be very surprising if she lives through the night, you know, and this was probably Monday. This was, yeah, Monday going on Tuesday. I think it was a Wednesday when she finally passed away because I was sleeping in the room and um, I'll never forget this. Science is amazing. They basically monitored my mother from another room and had cameras, uh, a camera feed in there and audio feeds. And they had computers in there so they could actually look at all of her uh, charts and things and um, all that stuff. And then... Um, they could, you know, basically tell the nurses, you need to do this, you need to do this, I'm seeing this, blah, blah, blah. And when I was talking to the nurses, uh, they were telling me her condition and how it was going. And um, I said, uh, you know, I need to, should I talk to a doctor? And they said, yeah, hang on. And they hit a call button and said, you know, this is so-and-so. He'd like to speak to a doctor. And the doctor said, I'm here, just in a speaker in the room. And I started talking and I said, can you hear me? And he said, yeah, I can hear you. It's like a speakerphone. I said, all right. I said, tell me what's going on. And they said, really, to be honest, your mother's kidneys are shutting down. Her organs are shutting down. She has maybe a 10% chance of pulling through. And so you need to tell us what to do. And I said, well, my mother never wanted to be on machines. So if it's between her being on a machine and her being alive, she, you know, or being, or passing away, she doesn't want to be on a machine. So he said, all right, uh, you signed the DNR. We understand that you're the only child. Um, they ask you all that stuff again. So basically that, I think that was Tuesday, I waited out. And then Wednesday morning, I think I woke up very early. I didn't sleep that well. I slept in the room in like a chair. And I woke up and my mom was hooked up to like five different machines. And I remember asking the nurse, what are those machines? And she said, well, listen, if we turn this off, we're trying to do what we can. And your mother stabilized a little bit. But right now her blood pressure keeps dropping. We can't get it up. We're giving her five different batteries of medications. And it's not working, so you need to tell us what to do. And this was like 3 in the morning, and I said, well, you know, she never wanted to be on machines because I said, what happens with those machines if you turn them off? And they said, if we turn those machines off, then your mother's going to die. And I said, well, I said, I, I don't know what to say, but I know she doesn't want to be on machines. So they said, all right, well, we'll get another nurse in here, and if that's what you want to do, then you tell us and we'll turn everything off. And I said, do you need a doctor? And they said, well, not in this state. You can have nurses, it's got to be like three, two or three nurses have to basically uh, call the time of death. So they came in, they unplugged everything, and my mom slowly passed away. So, you know, it was rough. Uh, Again, all these conflicting emotions of, you know, was I a good enough son, you know, and uh, I think you feel guilty for that, but I know, I know that she didn't want to be on machines. I mean, she was really explicitly told me years ago, I don't want to be on machines, and I remember being distraught and crying and then coming out of the room and the nurse telling me, listen, I know, you know, my wife came to the hospital then because my wife was home sleeping and I called my wife, told her what happened. And uh, so she came to the hospital and we talked a little bit. Um, My mom had already passed. And uh, the nurse said, listen, I know this is really difficult to hear, but you did the right thing. There's been several times where people think that they can just medicate their family to health, you know, that it's past the point of no return. You have to tell people listen, uh, this is not uh, good. You know, we, it's not going to get any better. This is how it is. So, uh, you know, you, you did the right thing, even though it's really difficult to say that. And, 
you know, that's hard to hear. Uh, it's not uh, easy to do either. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's... I will say this, though, uh, to bring this back to gaming, which I was thinking about this a lot the other day. Um, the whole time I was going through this with my mom, when I did have time to come home, I was playing uh, Breath of the Wild uh, on the Nintendo Switch. And there was just something about it that was really calming, if that makes sense. You know, there is violence in it. You do attack things, and everybody knows the games. But it's very uh, stylized, and the creatures are not human. Um, and the environments are breathtaking. Uh, no pun intended, Breath of the Wild. But, um, you know, sometimes it would just Link would just stand in the middle of the field, and the, and the wind would blow on tall grass, and it was... It was great, you know, just to, it was like a relaxing, calming thing, you know, to sit there and, and watch that in the game or watch it start to rain in the, the Great Plains or, you know, see um, the Death Mountain, you know, from the distance, the volcano in the game. It was all kind of serene and calming. So I think, you know, I think games can do that. I think they can... You know, they have an opportunity to do that. And I'll be honest, I haven't gone back and played it again. And I don't know, probably some of that is thinking about my mom because I do think about her when I see screenshots of the game or whatever because I would be really stressed out of dealing with trying to get her to, um, you know, getting social services involved or paying her mortgage or paying her power bill and just uh, coming home and playing that in silence and trying to just relax and... um, yeah, it was. it's really serene, you know, like I said before. And uh, it did calm me down a bit and gave me a little bit different perspective, you know. So I don't, I don't think it's right when people say that games don't have the ability to help or heal. Um, you know, it just takes you out of what you're doing and makes you focus on something else, which was pretty amazing. And, uh, yeah, again, I haven't finished the game, um, but I spent about 100 hours playing it, so... Um, so it's hard when people ask me what I think about that game. I mean, it is really, it's a good game, but I, there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of emotion attached to it. So um, it's not easy to, like, sit down and play it, you know? I think a lot about my mother, but, um, you know, I think, like I said, I think in episode one or two that I think that uh, all this stuff is important, that your brain and, you know, your soul need time to rest and relax, and you can't, you know, if you deal with it too much, it's just going to swallow you up, and you don't you don't want that. So... Um, they, they can be helpful. Games can be helpful, you know? Um, yeah, like I said, this episode was really hard to do. I didn't, uh, I didn't want to do it. But, uh, I'm glad I did. You know? It's, um, my, my wife and I's therapist is really good. He sees my wife and I separately, but since it is marriage counseling, he, we kind of come together and then talk about things. Uh, and it's helped us a lot. And I think this podcast also helps because, unfortunately, our therapist who's retiring, or semi-retired, and he can only see us like twice a week, and um, he's trying to work less, have less of a workload because he's, you know, he's trying to retire. And um, I think this helps because this is every week. So regardless of, you know, if I want to do it or not, I'm doing it. So I'm recording this on Sunday, and I'll post it on Monday. Like I said, I'm really happy that I got a... uh, email address. So if you do want to write me again, it's gwgjac at outlook.com. If you want to write in, um, maybe you have a similar story about somebody who's sick and you're playing a game and you think about them. 
It seems like uh, games sometimes you think of the worst case scenario, you know, like oh, I was breaking up with somebody and I was playing this game or I was listening to this album or I was reading this book and I thought about this or that, you know, but I, I think in a way sometimes it can help. Like I said before, it's it's good to take a break and a step back from kind of your feelings, you know, not to ignore your feelings because I don't think anybody should ever do that. I'm definitely working on trying not to do that, you know, I'm trying to be more in touch with myself, but just the rest, the idea that you need a break your brain needs a break from whatever you're doing you know that's important stuff too so i can't i did the episode guys i can't believe i did it so again if you want to write in uh it's www well the website is www.gamingwithgrief.com and the email address is gwgjac at outlook.com write to me there and um you know, if you have a question, comment, something like that. There's also comments enabled on the website at www.gamingwithgrief.com if you want to write something down. Uh, I'll share it uh, on the show. I don't know when I'm going to weave in questions because, honestly, I haven't got any yet. So I don't have to really worry about weaving in questions when there's none. Um, but uh, I hope you guys have a good week, and I'll see you next week. Bye.